Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Whoop and Choop podcast. It is Choop here. And it's your boy Whoop. And on this podcast today, we're going to be breaking down the last six games of NFL wildcard weekend. Also, um, some NBA guest the lines. And uh, also, yeah, tonight is the national championship, so our predictions on that. But we're first going to start off with some breaking news from the NFL. My favorite team, my boys, my Philadelphia Eagles, have just fired Doug Peterson. How do you feel, Chup? Um, It literally happened about 15 minutes ago. Uh, literally a week or two ago, they were saying how his job was secure mm-hmm. and how his relationship with uh, the GM, Jeffrey Lurie, is good. Right. And then they said he had a meeting in, I think it was Florida today, with the uh, with Jeffrey, mm-hmm. and he got fired, which yeah. was a little bit surprising to me, not going to lie. Um, I mean, y'all just won a Super Bowl three years ago. Yeah, it was three years ago. But if you've seen our team in kind of the direction, some moves he's made, it wasn't like it's his job. It wasn't like his job should have been not in question. Like he yeah. definitely had a good chance of deserving to be fired. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think he would, based off of kind of the trust I thought he had. Well, this really shows our GM probably will get fired. Howie Roseman, um, yeah. he deserves to get fired more than Doug Peterson, I think. But yeah, I mean, if you look at how the Eagles' season went, I mean, you know, you had Carson Wentz, that whole dynamic. You know, he wasn't living up to what y'all thought he would be. But then Jalen Hurts came in, and then you know, it, like. You know, maybe for next year there'd be some prom- a promising future. Y'all have a good draft pick. You know, mm-hmm. you, may, you may be able to get something. I think Doug Peterson's a decent coach. I mean, he's made some questionable plays. I mean, or calls. Um, you know, play calls or whatever. But I think he's. You know, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with. with uh, you know, yeah, he was three years ago. Like I think he can. You know, he can build a team. Y'all's defense was solid this year. And if you know, I think a lot of times, like if your front four is solid, you mm-hmm. know, and I think the Eagles for the most part is pretty solid. You can build around that. I think. You know, y'all, y'all's wide receiver core could, uh, wide receiving core needs, you know, a little bit of work. You know, y'all need that one star. But I mean, and if you look at a lot of these teams, you know, these young teams, if you have a solid quarterback, your team can go like 500. And I think Jalen Hurts, you know, he only played like what, four or five games this season. Mm-hmm. I think with, you know, over the offseason, he works on things, you know, coming into a new season. Uh, I think there's a promising future maybe for that Eagles team. And then, you know, you already know your division's bad. Y'all could have easily made y'all could easily make playoffs next year, and then or y'all could have y'all had still had a chance this year. So I don't know if I would have pulled the plug on Doug Peterson quite yet because I think there was some things that y'all could have you know maybe worked with. Yeah, neither with would I. I would have given him one more year, but this definitely goes into the question: What's going to happen with Carson Wentz now? Because mm-hmm. it was looking like he's a hundred percent out. Like they don't want him in there. The relationship's over. Yeah, but now there's not a new head. There's going to be a new head coach. That totally throws in the question of if that new coach likes Carson Wentz and that relationship gets kind of fixed. Yeah, he stays. I mean, we are we're already paying him a lot of money, so <clears throat> I hope I it hope. would be. It's going to be tough to get rid of him for anything that would be acceptable. Yeah, I hope Dan Mullen goes there. That'd I'd be great sure. for Florida State, <laughs> dude. I hate Dan Mullen. I don't want him to. Come I don't like him either. The NFL. He's I, a terrible coach. I don't like him either. I think he's actually solid. He's just crybaby. I mean, look. I think he's an all right coach. Yeah, if you look at what he's done with this Florida team, I mean, he's he's been. This is his third year this year, and they've been solid the past three years. You know, they've been good. Like, and that I think that's mainly because of him. So I kind of want him out of Florida, so they'll go back to being trash. But, uh, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's all we really talk about with the Doug Peterson situation. But now we're going to get into this crazy wild card weekend where we had six games, the most ever, due to the addition of a wild card team. Like we said. Uh, so the first game we had on Saturday was the Colts at the Bills. Bills winning here 27-24. You know, the spread on this game was, I think, six and a half. Yep. 
The Bills are a lot of people's favorite to win the Super Bowl, actually. That's what I have in my bracket. Yeah, you have them. A bunch of other people have really liked how those Bills teams look closing out this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Colts played an amazing game. They had no turnovers. They had over 450 yards of offense. Yeah. They per- held the Bills to under 30 points, and they're a pretty doggone high-powered offense. Yeah. So if you would have told me the Colts could have done that, I'd be like, wow, they actually have a real shot to win this game. And they still lost which I think is a testament to how the Bills and Josh Allen, especially Josh Allen, controlled this game from the get-go. I mean, making big runs. He had a bunch of big first-down runs, like tough runs. Yeah. As a, he's, I mean, he's a big guy, and it, he's that mobile. He has such amazing arm talent. We already knew that, but he's really honed it on his accuracy. He's improved on that year after year. And I, I don't know what to say. This Bills defense makes me a little bit less confident in them because kind of, of how many yards the Colts had on them. Yeah because they're not that flawless of an offense. But from an offensive standpoint, I'm proud of the game they had. So yeah, I mean – I'm a little bit I'm a little bit eh on them right now. I mean, I still have confidence in the Bills just based off of what I've seen in the regular season. But there is, you know, maybe some cause for concern because, you know, if you look at the stats, you know, Colts had 472 total yards and the Bills had 397. Like, the, the Colts had absolutely everything they needed to to win this game. You know, Jonathan Taylor played well. Phillip Rivers played well. I mean, I mean, Rivers threw for – through no INTs, which was unexpected. That's, and that's pretty crazy. That's one thing you uh, you wanted to do. Also, what we were saying in the last podcast is if the Colts were to win this game, they needed to, like, you know, control the game, have more time of possession, which they did. They uh, rely on Jonathan Taylor. He played well. The, the Bills' the Bills run defense couldn't, couldn't stop them. Like, I was listening uh, to Bill Simmons earlier, and he made a good point. He said, like, yeah, Colts only scored 24 points in this game, but every drive – was in the Bills' uh, territory. They went yeah. every drive in the Bills' territory. So, you know, maybe you, you're concerned about the Bills' defense, and and maybe rightfully so, because if they go against, you know, a team like the Chiefs in the uh, AFC Championship, then, uh, you know, the Chiefs could put up a lot of points on a, a mm-hmm. maybe a weak defense. Oh, so, for sure. But, but, you know, Josh Allen played well. Stephon Diggs, you know, they all had good games. They stepped up when they needed to. This offense is still still the same. Um, they're still uh, – a lot of firepower, still playing well. And, I, I mean, I want to bet against them. I still have them as my favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, they, they got the jo- job done when they needed to. Even And the Colts maybe played, like, you know, one of their best games of the season. So, I, I mean, I'd still bet on the uh, Bills. So, Well, I'm not going to lie. Their defense definitely solidified my reasons for why I picked the Chiefs to win the AFC and to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, if their defense looked a little stronger there, I would have been a little bit more concerned. But – yeah, that game kind of went as I expected it, a one-score game, mm-hmm. and it, it was a close game. It was probably one of the best games of the weekend. But to move on to a game that not a lot of people saw coming, the Rams beat Seattle Seahawks in Seattle 30-20. to This game was pretty Gosh, crazy. Uh sucks. I'll let you talk for a second, but John Walford, I mean, he started. People had ideas that Jared Goff might come in and play a little, uh, but Walford got the start. He was playing all right, and then he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And they got to start Jared Goff, who literally has a banged up thumb, and it's really hard to throw with. The, I mean, it's your thumb, like yeah, that's pretty sucky. Yeah, and he's already kind of lost the confidence because his coach wasn't backing him even when he was healthy. Right. So it's a little bit weird, and he doesn't make any Jared Goff like mistakes. He doesn't throw a bunch of picks. He didn't throw any picks. He didn't do a bunch of things that he usually does do when it comes to screwing up games. Yeah, and. I don't want to give him too much credit because that defense is spectacular. I mean, we God, saw the pick six. How many picks did they have this game? Uh, three? Um, Two or three, I think. I think – I might be wrong. I, I, I don't – I, I think they only threw like one. I'm not 
not uh yeah they only threw uh wait actually hold on you can just look at yeah they've only thrown one interception There's yeah only, only one only one but i wonder how many sacks they had they, oh, they, they, put, they played a great game crazy dude this this defense went nuts i mean they had they had uh five, five sacks. total sacks and i think like four was from aaron donald like in in floyd floyd had a lot too th- th- those two guys they I mean, this defense is unbelievable. Whether it's Floyd, they really whether took control it's of this Donald, game. I mean, yeah, and and a lot of this, you know, a lot of the, the Seahawks game plan was to go to you know their high powered receivers with DK and Tyler Lockett. And Ramsey just locked locked up DK. Like DK only had uh, thirty three yards receiving whenever he was going against Ramsey, and only three receptions. And we needed more of that. Uh, you know, besides the fifty one yard bomb to uh, DK, this the uh, Rams just outplayed us offensively and defensively i mean definitely defensive defensively i mean we let up 333 yards to the rams and uh the seahawks which is supposed to be like a top five offense in the league only had 278 yards so yeah, i mean pathetic. yeah so that that's that i mean it's just one of those things and me being a seahawks fan i mean it just it just absolutely sucked i mean we couldn't move the ball uh for nothing and then jared goff comes in doesn't make any mistakes and that's kind of like one of the things like i'm watching this game i'm like if we're gonna win this game we need jared goff to make a mistake i mean i don't our offense is is, we're not moving the ball on this defense. And the running game with Cam Akers, I mean, Cam Akers just went crazy on us. He had, like, over 100 yards, like 162 total yards. And just, I mean, really was just the X factor in this game and just, you know, just ran all over us. And it was just one of those games where it was like, man, you know, they outplayed us on both sides. So, I mean, the Rams right, rightfully won and they, they deserved it. But uh, it just kind of sucks. So, yeah. It wasn't that big of an upset. The line was, I think, three and a half. Yeah. But – Still something I kind of saw as Seattle's playing a quarterback who's never played the playoff. He only played his first game a week ago. Yeah. Like, usually in the playoffs, like, who has the better quarterback that's going to win the game? Who wins the game? But that's not it's what happened defense here. defense in this case. This and de- this L.A. Rams defense has taken over some games and showed up big for them. Yeah. I mean, but to move on to the night game, we had Bucks at Washington. This game I was very excited for. Uh, I really want to see what Tom Brady was going to do here against actually a really good defense in the football team. Um, and they stepped up here winning 31-23. Um, Taylor Heineke had to play because yeah. Alex Smith was hurt. And for a guy who's never played, has he, how many games he started? Like one? Maybe. Maybe. Something like that. And he's from the AAF along with the, um, was it PJ Walker from uh, the Panthers that yeah. played when Teddy was hurt? Mm-hmm. And he was like the other really good quarterback. Yeah. And to come up, come up in a playoff game and play this well, I was pretty impressed. I mean, yeah, he didn't play like insane or anything, but he made some big throws. He made some pretty good runs. He Great runs. Pretty gutsy as a overall quarterback against a pretty legit Bucks defense yeah. and you can't fault him for them losing I mean they had a drive to go down and tie the game yeah uh they had a shot here and I mean it only ended in one possession I mean, yeah you talk about Taylor Heineke I mean he was 26 of 44 306 yards he threw that INT but the INT was kind of stupid I mm-hmm. mean it hit the guy hit the uh you know the defensive lineman's hand and then it popped straight up and the linebacker catches it but other than that he threw for a touchdown and ran for a touchdown and we talk about him running and something that you know this Washington offense has never had with Alex Smith really is a guide to extend the plays and I mean there's some plays where he was just like you mm-hmm. thought he was about to get sacked. And really, just, none of the quarterbacks yeah. on that team are Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen. None of them are mobile and, quarterbacks. Yeah, really, he, he was just able to extend plays, extend drives, and um, you know, I was really impressed with them. And that's exactly what they needed. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get the win. Um, Tom Brady and this offense. I mean, it was just too much uh, for this Washington defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, this offense has been rolling. It was one of those things where yeah, Washington has a great defense, but Tampa Bay has a great offense. So uh, 
yeah, maybe if Washington's off, uh, defense had played better than, you know, Tampa Bay's offense, and they would have probably won this game because nobody expected Washington's office and offense and Taylor Heineke to play that well. But, you know, Tampa Bay wins. They were the better overall team in this game. So, uh, yeah, they'll be moving on and playing the Saints next round. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch that matchup for sure. Oh, for sure. Brady Breeze. Yeah, but uh, next game up, we had the Ravens at the Titans. And this is one of the games we disagreed on. Oh, well, and Rams. Yes. Seahawks, yeah, and Rams. This Seahawks. one as well. I couldn't bet uh, against Seahawks. My boy, what I tell you, dude, you can't you, – everyone was doubting the Ravens. I mean, they were actually favored in this game three and a half on the road in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But besides that, people still counting them out just by Lamar not being able to win a playoff game like people are trying to say, saying that last year's hanging over his head after they lost to the Titans the year before. Yeah. And just a bunch of things about their team not being good enough. And I really think they played a great game. Their defense looked amazing, holding Derrick Henry to 18 carries for 40 yards. I mean, yeah. that's insane. His, right there. His yes. season low. Like, that's amazing defense. Um, and their offense, they didn't play amazing. Lamar didn't have a ton of great throws. He had that one to Marquise Brown, one, like, over-the-shoulder pass. But besides that, it was really just Deacon Dunk, little five-yard outs, and Lamar ran the ball perfectly, which is what he needs to do. He needs to play to his strengths. Yeah, and their yeah. offense, situational scoring, they did mm-hmm. a good job. So, overall, I mean, they had some bonehead mistakes to start out the game going 10-0, down 10-0. And I'm not gonna lie, when that happened, I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, the Titans are the lead; they can just run All the, the ball. The Titans are gonna win. They can just run the ball, and the game will be over. Right. But the Ravens bounced back out at the 10-10 at half, and then once they were there, I was like, "Okay, this defense has got something." And I don't, I don't think they'll be able to stop Lamar. Yeah. Because this, the Titans' defense actually played better than what they are. Thought, I mean, but they're not a good defense, no, regardless. So, I was proud of this Ravens team. That's how I picked the win. Um, had a lot of faith in Lamar. I wanted to see him do well. Right, see him bounce back and prove the haters wrong, and he did, rightfully so. And yeah, mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with this game. What about you? Yeah, I mean, Lamar threw for seventeen to twenty-four, one hundred and seventy-nine yards, and in that one INT, he didn't have any touchdown passes. But I mean, if you watch this game, like it was mainly just uh, both teams relied on the running game. I mean, he had sixteen well, carries for one hundred and thirty-six yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, I mean, he he ran the ball almost as as many times as he threw the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. only one time less. This game went flew by. I mean, Titans jumped out 2 nothing. I mean, 10 nothing. You know, uh, Ravens came back, and then you're going into halftime, you're thinking, okay, well, whichever team has the better defense is probably going to win this game because it's, it's going to be a lot of running. And like you said, I mean, I think the main reason the Ravens won is that stat, 18, of four, 18 carries, 40 yards for Derrick Henry. I mean, they just shut him down, and uh, they were able to really take care of, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and then – uh, Corey Davis and those guys and not let them explode for, you know, you know, big games. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson did his thing on, on the other, that, on the other. And I thought the Titans would win this game. Uh, I, the main reason I thought they would win is because I didn't think they'd have an answer for Derrick Henry, even though their defense is so good, but I, uh, and they were missing Clayus Campbell that game. Yeah. One it, of their better D linemen. Right. And um, I was wrong. And uh, Marcus Peters comes up with a great interception to, you know, seal the deal at the end of the game. I had and, no uh, confidence in Ryan Tannehill on that drive. I mean, literally he missed a wide open AJ. No Brown. confidence. Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, I, he was my fantasy quarterback, but just how that game had been going, I didn't have confidence in him. I mean, that and also playing they, great. The Titans kind of gave themselves the game away. They were down 17 13, 10 minutes left in the game. They're on the Ravens' side of the field, and it's a fourth and two or a fourth and one, and they decided to punt. Oh, why? Yes. Bro. It was the dumbest call of the game. Holy cow. It, they they gone. it screwed them from their big time. The Ravens went on a slow drive. They kicked the field goal going up seven. Yeah. And I think there was like two three minutes, two minutes left, and why not go for it? They literally punted it to their 
to exactly. the 20. Exactly. Yeah, the 20. It, it went from the 40 to the 20. I'm like, what What would that have done? Just like, take just, a shot of the end zone. Give it the ball to your giant running back. Just run the ball for a yard. Yeah, get a QB sneak, something. Like, it come was, on. Yeah, that, that was pretty That call kind of screwed them. I'm like, man, so, uh, yeah, the Titans, you know, their play calling, that kind of – that you know, And a play like this happened similarly in the, in the game, which we'll get to later. But the next game up, we have the Bears at the Saints, which also was on Nickelodeon which I watched for like two seconds and then realized I wanted to listen to Tony Romo, so I put yes. it back onto that. Yes. Uh, but it was actually kind of cool. I liked the whole idea. It gets younger kids involved in the football, yeah. and it just makes it more like I mean, throwing slime in the end zone and like orange first downs and SpongeBob behind the field goal. Like that's kind of it's kind of fun. It's interesting. It's, it's more appealing to a yeah. younger crowd. Exactly, but it gives yeah. a – exactly. So I, I thought that was cool, but the game was really boring. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just – kind of badly played defensively both these teams are really good and their offenses did not play well the saints didn't look like overpowering like i thought a two seed should as i think they can play um in the bears i mean i didn't expect them to do much if we look at mitch trubisky's stats he threw for 199 yards he only didn't throw a pick um but he lost he was already missing his number two receiver mooney and yeah. then what's his? I forget his name. Gets thrown out for seventeen. Yeah, number seventeen. I'm blanking on his name. Too. Is it Miller or? It's a, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Miller. Yeah, Anthony Miller. Anthony and Miller, yep. which really hurt them. They didn't have any weapons signed Allen Robinson. And then they had that dropped. Um, oh my gosh! Play. That play was, it was crazy. beautiful. It was beautiful. beautiful. Greatly ran by Mitch, and I was like, if they Limbs. can't get that, then. <laughs> they're not getting anything because that was a gimme. Yeah, it was. It was actually a pi too. Yeah, but they didn't call it because he was so wide open. Mm-hmm. Like it was just catch the ball. It was straight to his hands. Yeah, game ending twenty one nine. Super slow paced. Just yeah, I saw a I saw a meme on Instagram. It said, um, "Javon Wims is literally posted for everything besides scoring touchdowns because he got into a fight with the Bears last time." Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that play was huge because at the time it's seven nothing. You know, maybe if they you know convert and get this big play. You know, things turn around. Their defense is playing great. They're, I mean, the Saints aren't really driving on them. So they needed I, – I mean, I know it's the first quarter, but you, you, you're the underdog. You're the seventh seed. You kind of feel like you needed that uh, touchdown right there. Oh, for sure. And then throughout the game, like, I mean, yeah, we, it was boring from an offensive standpoint, but I thought, like, the first half was kind of exciting because the game was close. You know, uh, the, what's his name? The lineman catches a pick, uh, another deflection. You know, uh, there's actually the, a bunch of picks that yeah. weren't counted because of penalties. Right. And then that the one play, that one play where uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Mal- uh, PJ Williams delivers a big hit on Montgomery. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins picks it up, and they call that back. So, so there was a lot of you know like, you know, big plays that were called back, and then just big plays in general that uh, you know shaped this game. But a lot of things could have go- uh, turned out differently for this uh, Bears team. And, um, you know, their defense was playing a g- good enough where they could have maybe ended up winning the game. I, I really feel like that drop pass just, you know, kind of deflated them in a sense because they knew their offense wasn't great coming into this game. Um, and, you know, they, they needed everything they could get. So, uh, yeah. But how about Jimmy Graham's one-handed catch at the end? And, he and just, then he just ran and he just walks he's out. He's like, I shouldn't be here right now. Oh, I, sh- I should have stayed on the Saints. Yeah, for real. So, uh, yeah. Uh, 21-9 to the Saints. Uh, yeah, the Saints will be playing Bucks next round. And, uh See you later to the Bears. <laughs> I will get to that game in a minute, but now we got the last game, the Sunday night game. Everything's gone kind of as expected. The only little upset was Rams beating the Seahawks, but everyone says wildcard weekend. There's always one crazy upset. Yeah. And then we have this game, 48-37, to 37, the Browns win. They were up 28 to nothing in the first quarter, which is actually a record 
Um, yep, for most points in the first quarter, or I think like tied one at least. Yeah. And just this game is so insane to me. I thought the Steelers were one of the biggest locks of the weekend. I would say my biggest locks for the to win going into this week would have been one the Bills and then two the Bucks. And I probably said three and four the Saints and Steelers in any order. But I really had a lot of confidence, especially in Mike Tomlin, because the man's a winner. I mean, when the Super Bowl champion, yeah, yeah, he's won two Super Bowls. The Steelers, they win their big playoff games, and especially against the Browns, who they've had their number for, I mean, their entire existence. The Browns get like a crazy upset here and there, but they rarely ever beat the Steelers when the Steelers are going full force at it. I, I don't really count the Week 17 yeah, matchup. And, and then for the Browns, Stefanski and all those guys are out. Exactly. They're so missing their head coach. They're missing caller. their play caller, and they're starting left guard. Yeah. So how can you even pick them to win this game? Yeah. And then the Steelers come out like they haven't practiced in weeks Late when the egg. Browns are the ones who hadn't actually been practicing. Practicing, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. First of all, your all-pro center, nine-time pro bowler, snaps it over Big Ben, who is 6'5". Lays an egg. Yeah, and then James Conner. I knew the game was weird from the get-go when James Conner dove on it, didn't get it, which is, I mean, like, come on. It wasn't that hard <laughs> Big to get. Ben was and just staring at it. just stands it. there. You know, it reminded me of, you know what exactly remind me of? It was Super Bowl 50 when Cam didn't dive on that ball when it uh, was fumbled. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and I was like, why did he jump on that? And I don't care if Big Ben's, like, old and frat. Jump on the ball, you fat lard. Like, what are you doing? Like, Big Ben and James Conner should have both grabbed that ball. If like, So, a uh, round of applause for Big Ben on his terrible performance. We'll get to his stats here in a second. I mean, it was nuts. Don't, I, mean, it, I can read it off right here. Yeah, if you want. Ignore the yards. 47 but. of 68. He actually set um, a record for, like, the most completions in an NFL game by a quarterback of all time. So That's pretty insane. But then – but three, you want to know why? Three for 501 yards, four touchdowns, and four INTs. That's four hard. picks. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's terrible. And don't don't take into account the yards. It might have been his career high. But the dude was playing from down 28 from the start of the game. The yeah. Browns were in prevent three man out defense in the second quarter because they were up so big in this game, and they were just not trying to blow it. And to be honest, I'm proud of this Browns team. I'm this, proud of Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're super resilient here. I'm they. No one had him in this game. Everyone they were. I think the line all went all the way up to us ten. It finished around seven, but they were ten point dogs, yeah. and they showed this Steelers team who they are. I mean, defensively yeah. they played amazing. Oh no, I mean, they didn't play that great, but they were they made big plays in the hatch. They got turnovers. Yeah. They yeah. made great picks. I mean, your lineman's diving, making great catches. Like that's really impressive. And yeah. then on those turnovers, they capitalized, which is what usually I would not expect the Browns to do. But Baker Mayfield didn't make any mistakes, didn't have a pick. Yeah. I mean, he was 21 of 34 for 263 yards and three TDs. No INTs. Baker Mayfield's been playing great, man. And you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who are literally bulldozing. But uh, Kareem Hunt with two touchdowns and Nick Chubb just looking dominating as usual, getting big first downs here and there. Yeah. So I'm proud of this Browns team. And the thing is, though, we could be having a totally different conversation right now if one play happens differently. It was 15 minutes left in the game. Um, actually, I think it was like maybe 14-50. It was the start of the fourth quarter. It was a fourth and one on the Browns. Yeah. It was either their 46 or 42. I'm, it's in the 40s. But the Steelers are down 12. They have all the momentum in the game. They're rolling offensively. Sure. And they punt the ball. Kind of like the Titans. And, the, and it was a touchback. So it went to the 20. Oh, it yeah. was the exact same situation as the Titans. And both these old coaches, Kevin Stefanski and Mike Tomlin, both made – I mean, not old coaches, but like they're in their old coaches' playing style of like, you know, can't go for a football. talking about Mike Rabel? Oh, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, sorry, yeah, not, yeah. not Kevin. I didn't mean to say yeah. Kevin Spansky. I meant to say Mike Vrabel of the Titans. My bad. Yeah. But him and Mike Tomlin both stuck in their kind of old man football thinking ways. Like, you got to punt on fourth down. You can't go for field it. Field position. Play the field. 
nah, dude, this is the NFL, man. Like, literally look at how offenses play this year. They're so high-powered, and it's a lot easier to bank on your offense winning the game for you than mm-hmm. letting your defense, especially if you're the Steelers. I mean, why not go for it? Like, you're yeah. – I just don't see I mean, why. it's 35-23 in that they, situation. They you punt- have all the momentum on your side. Exactly. You score, you, score- you make it a one-score game, yeah. and you only need one stop for your defense. If not, you're going to have to rely on two more stops for your defense. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. And literally when they punted it, it dropped their win percentage by 8%. Yeah, I was willing to bet that they probably had like a 70% chance of getting that first down because they had scored 13 straight. They were down 35-10. It's 35-23. Dude, if that's a five-point game with like 12 or 11 minutes left in the game. That's huge. I, oh, I see the Steelers, I I see the the Steelers winning. winning that game. Yeah, because exactly. they, they have Mike Tomlin on their side. They have Big Ben, you know, and that, that uh, Browns team was kind of reeling. They were kind of scared. Like, I mean. They definitely were. I mean, they were like, I mean, we're going to tote this game. That's all they were yeah, doing that, in the back of their mind. For sure. Like, you could tell, like, the momentum was all on the Steelers' side. And then as soon as they punted it and then the Browns come down and score a touchdown, I'm like, oh, man, it's over for the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, huge win for Cleveland. But I wanted to touch on Baker Mayfield. I mean, this guy's been playing great. Um, you know, the last five weeks of football, you know, he's he like we said, he threw for 263 yards and three touchdowns today with zero INTs. And the main thing is zero INTs. Like he has not made any mistakes or not that many mistakes over the past couple of games. Like he's been playing really good. You know, he's just he's getting the ball out to, you know, to his targets. And, you know, he's been without Odell Beckham. And I think which I think that's helped him. I talked about like the Colin Cowherd comparison and stuff like that. I think that was really smart. I think he hit it hit the nail on the head, but he's just been playing like a point guard. You know, you get you get the ball out, you um, you know, you find your playmakers and let them make the plays. And and this uh, Browns offense has been good enough where they've shown, like, you know, they can put up tons of points. You know, you just put up 48 against the Steelers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make it really close against the Chiefs uh, next weekend. Because mm, and I don't know about that. Oh, we're not really close, but, like, well, I mean, I could see them winning. Um, not winning, but being, not winning, but, like, being within seven points. I could see them being within ten. I don't know about seven. I I, think, I, I, I want think, to sleep on this Browns I think them winning by a touchdown is probably what will happen. This is how the Chiefs play. But, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty proud of Baker. He stepped up in a big moment and didn't make any Baker-like mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I'll disagree with you on one thing about the Odell thing. I don't think that makes them a worse team. Odell is an amazing wide receiver talent. No, and let me finish. And mm-hmm. he adds a ton of that offense when they're actually rolling and Baker's playing well. The only reason I don't – I the only reason I do actually agree with you is because when he's not in the offense – they're more like, yeah, we're a run-first team. Let's pound the rock with Kareem and Nick. And that's what they do best. And when they're run-first team and they can get bring in the play action with Baker just making dink and dunk passes here and there, their team's a lot better. And when Odell's in the game, they really don't seem to run their offense that way. And Baker's seen throwing the ball a lot more. Yeah. And I like when Baker doesn't have to throw that much. Uh, minimize what he has to do, and this Browns team does better. Yeah, like, I mean th- – I mean, Odell Beckham, I mean, nobody's saying, like, he isn't a great talent. He is. He's the number one option. But the thing is, is it just helped, like, their overall offensive production based off of, like, what Baker felt like he needed to do. Cowherd's point was kind of like he felt like he had to get the ball to Odell to make him happy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. And, and, and the big thing was is that, you know, he didn't have to do that. And um, and now that we see Odell's out, he's been playing really great the past, you know, five weeks, putting up good numbers, not – making turnovers and you know you see these wide receivers and it could be anybody on any day having the big game so he's not he's been like a point guard he's just been facilitating and letting letting his playmakers make the plays and not forcing the issue and making like a costly error and that's why this team's been so good and winning and you know they just got they just won in the playoffs so uh a huge win for you know cleveland itself you know they 
in just as Brown's organization, you know, they've been in the dumps the past, you know, couple of years. And then, you couple know, like, well, well, for a while, like 30. Yeah. And, you know, they're starting to turn it around, turn it around mm-hmm. and, you know, you get this big playoff win against the rival, the Steelers. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I got a question for you. What um, quarterback from that 2018 draft class was most impressive for you this weekend? Was it Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Baker Mayfield? Um, if we're going, I don't want to go by stats. Like, it's not by like who played the best, but like who impressed you the most? Who impressed me the most? I'm probably gonna say uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's that's how I was gonna just because like I mean Baker impressed me, but like it was 28 to nothing, and it was and his defense it was, it was based defense. off of, it was based off of, like the turnovers right out the gate. It was 14 to nothing, and Baker didn't really have to do anything. All Baker did was hand the ball to Kareem yeah. and Nick two times, and their defense made some big I mean, plays, and it was 28 nothing. I mean Josh, I mean it's actually close between Allen and uh, Lamar. I expected that from Allen. I didn't. Ex- I I expected Lamar to win and the Ravens to win, but I had. A, Way more confident than Josh Allen going out there and controlling the game and beating the Colts than I did in Lamar yeah. doing the same to the Titans. To the Titans. Well, that, that's probably why I'll go with Lamar because exactly. I had the Titans yeah. winning. And then, you know, he impressed me by, you know, running the ball. And the Titans could not stop him in that, like, you know, however long that run was, it was like 48 yards maybe. I don't know. I'm guessing. It was over the, a 50-yard yeah, run. Yeah, guessing the off the top of my head there. But that was like, holy cow, this kid's – Amazing, you know, and he just put the team on his back, and you know they're down ten to nothing after he threw that uh, int. Titans come down, make it ten nothing, and then you know, in the face of adversity, you know he responds, and they outscored the Titans from then on out twenty to three. So uh, yeah, he played uh, really well, and um yeah, so uh, it'd be Lamar Jackson for me. Yeah, same here. Lamar impressed me, and I'm really proud of the way he played this game. And I'm gonna be interested to see their matchup next week against the Chiefs, and we'll get to that after a quick ad. And now we are back with our predictions for second week of the NFL playoffs. So we will be having the Ravens play the – who did the Ravens play? Ravens play the Bills. Yeah, Ravens play Bills and yep. Chiefs play um, – The Browns. The Browns, yeah. And then in the other side we have the Saints playing the Bucks and the Packers playing the Rams. And so uh, the, the, I'd say we start with the Saturday games. It's you know the Rams at Packers at uh, 435. And then it's the Ravens at Bills at eight fifteen. Yeah. So, so for Rams Packers, the line on that I think is seven right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Packers. I don't know about with the points, but I think the Packers will win this game. I got a lot of confidence in Aaron Rodgers to step up here, but it'll definitely be a test with how good this Rams defense has been playing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the Pat, I'm taking the Packers too, just based off of I don't see you know the Rams putting up that a lot of points. Now, one thing the Rams could do is if Cam Akers has the type of game that he had against the, uh, you know, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams could, you know, they could maybe pull this game out because their defense is the Rams, awesome. The Rams could make something happen. I would not be, uh, like, incredibly shocked, but I'm still taking the Packers. I mean, yeah, I think the safer bet is obviously the Packers. They're a better overall team. Um, just, you know, the Packers overall in the season, their run defense and their defense as a whole hasn't been all that great. So, you know, the Rams could maybe make some things happen. But uh, – Overall, I, I'm taking the experienced veteran Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams, that duo. Um, I know this Rams defense is good. I just think the Packers are going to find a way to win. Um, they're, they're the better overall team. and I, I don't see the Rams offense putting up a lot of points. Jared Goff can't throw the ball uh, for crap, you know, and uh, and he didn't make any turnovers or throw any interceptions against Seattle. I see that being a different story against the Packers. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to make some mistakes, I think especially in Lambeau. I think he's due at least one. Um, he's going to be playing in the cold. Yeah. I don't see him stepping up in a big game on the road. Yeah. Um. So next game we have the Ravens at the Bills. I think the line is three right now. It's maybe three and a half. Um. I think the Bills hmm. – 
I think the Bills win, but I, I pick them because I'm high on this Bills team. But I've been even higher on picking the dogs when the Ravens are being doubted. And I really want to take the Ravens in this game just based off how I think things could unfold, especially with how good their defense is. And I think that's going to be a big yeah. test for Josh Allen. Um, and I'm interested to see how he plays with that because if that becomes a low-scoring game, I like the Ravens there. Really? And I like them controlling the game like that. But if it becomes high-scoring, I think that the Ravens can't hang with the Bills if it comes like that. And it really depends on how that goes. Uh, I'm still going to take the Bills just because I think they're an overall better team. But a Ravens upset here would not surprise me in the slightest. I could easily see that happening. Yeah, I agree. This Ravens team has been rolling. I mean, they're, they're, probably, they're the hottest team in the uh, playoffs right now. And then mm-hmm. and the Bills, the way their defense looked against the Colts is cause for concern, especially against the run, man. So like Exactly, and that's what the Ravens are best at. Yeah, so what I'm looking forward to is like one team likes to throw the ball a lot, you know, you'll see, and then one team likes to run the ball. So whatever, you know, if you see like – it depends on like how the pace of the game's going, how the flow of the game is going. I see this game being close through the first half, and then if it, if it, if the game looks like it's taking a while, and like you know the Bills have more time of possession than the Ravens do, then I'd probably go with the Bills and, and vice versa because I feel like you know the Bills. Oh, so you think opposite of me? Yeah, I feel. So you like, think if it's a scoring fest, the Ravens win, but if it's no, a- no, no, no. I'm saying like if the Bills have the ball, like uh, the, I think whoever has the ball the majority of the time, more well, time of possession like, will win. Well, okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's kind of obvious. I mean, I don't know. Not always. I, well, feel, usually, I mean, usually who has more time of possession wins the game, like 90% of the time. Well, usually. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes. I mean, So are you taking bills? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I guess I guess to that, uh, what I just said, like the, <coughs> the bills score quick. The bills mm-hmm. like to score quick. So probably the Ravens will have more time of possession in general. Doesn't they, necessarily, they, they doesn't run the necessarily, ball. They're, they're slower. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll win, but it's it's kind of a weird dynamic on how well they're going to do. I see this. The thing for me is I see this Ravens team being able to contain Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs because I just saw the Colts be able to do it. But I don't know if the uh, Bills defense can contain can contain Lamar Jackson in this uh, Ravens uh, rushing offense. Yeah, really. So that that's the big thing. A lot of question said. on the Bills defense. So based off of what I just said, you think I'd you know take the Ravens, but just I mean. I think the Bills are just overall team, better overall team, though. So, I mean, I'd probably go with the Bills because that's a safer bet, but I definitely would want to be surprised. This game is the second win. second most probable for an upset um, out of the all the games. I think it's the best game of the playoffs. Uh, of oh, playoffs. I think it'll be – Of the I, four, it's the yeah, best. Yeah, I think it's the best. Or yeah. maybe Bucks maybe Saints. Bucks Saints but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But the next game we have is Browns at the Chiefs. This game, I think the line is eight and a half right now mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs, obviously. But I see them winning – if they play actual Chiefs football, they show in this game by two touchdowns. Um, but they probably won't. They'll probably play it and only win by a touchdown and make it close because you know how the Chiefs are. Yeah. But I don't see them having a shot of losing this game. I would be absolutely dumbfounded if the Browns somehow won this game. I see the Chiefs controlling the game for the whole time, even if it is close. You know, I mean, the Bucks beat the Redskins by eight, and the Redskins had a chance to win the game, but you never really thought that the Bucks were actually going to lose. Mm-hmm. So I see it being like that. Um, so I'm taking Chiefs, obviously. I don't know. I would lay the eight and a half, but I can see that being backdoored. Yeah, um, this Browns team, uh, you know, they've been playing well recently. And that, that, that I think that playoff win is going to be huge. I see the Chiefs winning this game. Um, I could see them – I could see, like, the Browns making it, like, you know, a seven-point game. I said that earlier. And I think there's probably, like, a 25% chance that there will be an upset um, just based off of – I feel like I genuinely, I genuinely believe that, you know, 
the, the Chiefs are, had that bye and the Browns actually got their feet wet with actually playing, you know, a playoff game. And I think, I mean, this Chiefs team will know what to expect. They just won the Super, won the Super Bowl last year. But uh, I feel like, you know, they may come out maybe a little bit flat at the start. You know, they're the best team in the league, uh, best team in the conference. They may think like – they may not be as prepared as the Browns are. I kind of like the, the underdog mentality this Browns, team, this Browns team's carrying right now. You know, and this team's playing hot. Baker Mayfield's playing well. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I wouldn't be surprised because I would be surprised if the Browns Bro, you would the be incredibly I would, I would, I would be, be blindsided I, if this Chiefs I, I would be surprised, but, like, I mean, it's not, like, impossible. Like, I mean, I'm not nah, going to be – I guess, nah. I, I, th- I don't think it's impossible. No, nah, it's impossible. No, it's nah, not. The Chiefs are not losing here. I, I mean, if you go back and look at the Chiefs games, like, they haven't – I don't, they I don't blo- care, bro. I don't they care. Haven't blown anybody, Trust I'm just saying they haven't blown anybody out. Yeah, but I still think they win big here. Um, So, the last game up, which is arguably the most interesting, but I think the most liable for an upset – we have the Bucks at the Saints. The Saints are favored by three here at home in the Dome of New Orleans. Uh, we got Tampa Bay, as Bill Simmons likes to say. Tampa. Good old Tampa playing against his old fellow brethren, Drew Brees. Brees Brady. Yeah, I mean, they're two old men still kicking it. Brady looking like the 35 version of himself. Yeah. Brees looking like the 85 version of himself, who's literally about to retire and be an announcer, along with Philip Rivers, who needs to do the same. Yeah. A bunch of people are saying he'll be a really good announcer, and I definitely. Who, Brees agree. or Rivers? Oh, uh, Rivers. I mean, Brees would be yeah. an okay one. I think team. any quarterback would be like Tony Romo. Would exactly. Any. Be, yeah. Well, not Tom. I think Tom would suck. Tom Brady. Yeah. Maybe just because of his personality. <laughs> Have he you ever a, seen his TikToks? No. Like, like, like he, well, Tom has a bland personality. Yeah, he's a. Yeah. Peyton would be a great. Peyton would be awesome. Peyton would be spectacular. Need to get Peyton up he already has his own man. ESPN show, so I don't know yeah, if he Peyton needs to get up in the booth, man. That'd be freaking awesome. Peyton's a cool dude. But uh Peyton and Nance, well, Tony's great. But dude, Tony's Bro, the, take Tony, out take out freaking Chris Collinsworth and put in Peyton. Dude, shut up. Peyton, Actually, no, I no, hate no. Chris Collinsworth because Peyton Manning and, and Al Michaels would be great. I like his Collinsworth voice. states the obvious, bro. Yeah, yeah, he just ran for 15. I, I can actually do I can do my best, Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy, you know, he's a hard worker. He's tough and no, he just has the most cliche football things. Like, yes. Like, of course, the D lineman's a tough guy. He plays defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, they, he of just, course, the receiver has good hands. He plays receiver. Like, what? He just got a first down. Oh, gosh. This team, their offense is great. They're rolling. Yeah, they're <laughs> rolling. Yeah. But I actually really hate him because of him talking so much crap in the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. He was like literally riding Tom Brady the entire time, <laughs> would just not stop hating on the Eagles. Any questionable call, jeez. Any questionable call, he was like, oh, oh, bad call for the, this is happening the Eagles. This is bad call. Should have been for the Patriots. Like, it was a bunch of like up in the air stuff that he always did the Patriots side. Bias. I'm like, hmm, you got some money on the Pats here, Chris? And ever since then, <laughs> I've judged him. And he even has his little son doing the postgame thing, which is kind of funny because yeah. they sound the exact same. Yeah. But back to this Buck Saints game. Um, the Buccaneers, although they didn't look amazing against the football team, I like this team a lot. And they're going to get um, Devin White back, their number one linebacker. Him and Delonte David play really well together. And I think this Bucks defense is going to step up because the Saints' offense has not looked amazing. And if they can stop the run, I like them a lot in this game. So, so do I. If they, don't, if they can't stop the run, I think the Saints could really start to get in their, uh, like their forte, get in their momentum going and win this game like they're projected to. But – I see this Bucks team having a real shot at upset here. I, I don't yeah. know who – I'm actually – I when we did a podcast, I think it was in week 14, if my memory serves me right, I picked the Bucks to beat the Saints as like the playoffs were – the Bucks to beat the Saints to the Packers in the second round and yeah. go to the 
NFC Championship game. And I love my Saints. Um, I mean, I have a ton of family in Louisiana, so that makes me kind of a partial Saints fan. I do have a Drew Brees jersey. Who, what? Hey, what do you thought? I literally have root for the Saints. I'm serious though. I've rooted for the Saints like most of my life. I'm not saying you had. Behind, obviously, funny. never over the Eagles, but you know what I'm saying. Partial Saints but fan. I'm, I'm taking the Bucks in this game. Yeah, I'm taking the Bucks too. Copycat, um, bro. You're totally copying me. Oh no, my gosh. I'm not copying you. Just based off of like, I, like what I saw uh, how the Saints played against the Bears. I feel like when they're, they're going to go up against a tough test again defensively, I think this Bucks defense is, you know, they're legit. Like you just said, Levante David and all those guys, they're, they're great, you know. And I feel like Drew Brees, he's coming he, – like he hasn't been playing like great, you know, coming off that injury and stuff. I don't see him, um, you know, being like all that effective. I feel like they'll be able to shut down the passing, passing game pretty well and make it, you know, kind of one dimensional. And you know, I don't know. They're going to rely heavily on Alvin Kamara. I feel like um, because I feel like you know the Tampa Bay, they'll be able to, you know, they'll be able to figure out, you know, uh, the Saints schemes and stuff like that. And I don't feel the same way about the Saints on the Buccaneers side. I feel like. This offense that Tampa Bay's got right now—they're—they're they're, just—they're on fire. Uh, I don't. I'm see, excited I, to watch the Saints defense. Yeah, I, I think they are good. I don't think defense is good. I, I think they are. I think they are too. But I just think this—I don't see them slowing down Tampa Bay's offense. I mean, I it's going to be a one-score game. It, this game's going to go game. either way. It's going to be a one-score game. Whoever has the ball last wins the game, in my eyes. You do? You think yeah. so? I'm picking the Bucks, but I mean, just Tampa Bay I got, did I got get a lot of faith. In, I got a lot of faith in Tom Brady, dude. They got absolutely smoked. The Thirty-eight point, to three. The point differential is forty-six in the difference for their last two games they played. But I'm still taking Tom Brady. In the I'm taking playoffs. a hotter team right now. Exactly. That, that's just, I mean, it's pretty evenly matched. Yeah. So we both got Bucks. We both took the Chiefs. We both took the Packers, and we both took the Bills. Even though I really want to pick the Ravens. But yeah, that's been the NFL part of this podcast. Oh yeah, we have to do our uh, college football predictions real quick. Oh yeah, tonight um, Alabama versus Ohio State. The line is eight and a half right now, and Alabama being favored. Right now, I'm taking Ohio State with the points. I don't know about them winning the game. I think, like I said about the last game, it's going to be whoever gets the ball last. Yeah. Both these offenses are. Stellar. This is literally the most blue chip game ever. Your dad was telling us yesterday at lunch. Yeah. Most ever four and five star players in one uh, national championship game. Pretty impressive. Or, or in just one game in general, I'm pretty sure, which yeah. is insane. Um, but I'm really excited here. Two legendary programs in the Buckeyes and mm-hmm. the Crimson Tide. Even though I hate Alabama with the passion, I don't really, yeah. I don't really hate Ohio State, but I don't like them either. Um, yeah, I'm cheering for Ohio State in this game. Uh, same. I'm just gonna take the contrarian and be. I'm taking them to win. I want to see Justin Fields step up and win and beat old chunky Mac Jones. I saw a picture. It was like Mac Jones looking like a Big Mac because he's actually kind of chubby. Yeah. And it was Peyton Manning at 44, looking more toned than him. I'm like, geez, man. That's tough. Mac Jones is the greatest system quarterback of all time. But res- but props to him for being the Heisman yeah. candidate. Um, and making his boy Devontae Smith, uh, the first wide receiver Heisman in a. Big minute. Yeah, Devontae so, Smith is the reason why Mac Jones was there. Exactly. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm taking Ohio State just to be the contrarian and go Buckeyes, baby. Yeah, I'm taking – Screw the Crimson Tide. I'm, def- <laughs> I'm definitely pulling for Ohio State. I see this game being one possession. I see I see it being close. It's going to be a great national championship game. The thing is, is Justin Fields isn't having, isn't having the same game he just had against Clemson in my eyes. And I just think this Alabama offense is too powerful, and especially if Jalen Waddell plays. He's also a little banged up. Um, I know he is, but – I was hearing uh, – this morning I was listening to ESPN and uh, I forget his name. I think it's something McHenry or uh, he was the old Alabama quarterback from like 2006, 2010. Um, AJ McCarron? No, no. Um, not AJ McCarron. does before him. Greg McElroy? Yeah, Greg McElroy. I, I don't know what I even just said. <laughs> sorry, McHenry. I, I knew it was with him. Derek and, uh, Henry and Greg McElroy. He, uh, he played in the National Championship game for Alabama in 2010 and yeah. he had broken ribs just like Justin Fields does. And he said he got a little uh, shot in his ribs just like the one Tyra Taylor got. 
which means your lungs can collapse like Tyler Taylor's did mm-hmm. and screwed him, which was terrible. Yeah. He had the same shot, and he said it made him feel great for that game and got him through the game. But after, he just had to like rest because it was in so much oh, pain. For sure. But it's just going to – hopefully Justin Fields, who's hopefully reeling off of broken ribs right now, can do that well and play in this game at full yeah. health because I really want to see a full matchup between Ohio State and Alabama. I'm interested to see Trey Sermon versus Najee Harris. Who has the better game? What do you think? Najee Harris. You think so? Yeah. Um, I think if – honestly, I mean, I'm going to say Najee Harris because my pick is Alabama, but uh, I think something we're not paying attention to is I feel like whichever running back has the better game may end up being the team that wins. Maybe. I don't know. I think they'll probably focus more on passing the ball, or at least Alabama might. Um, How hot, what do you, what's your score prediction? Just throwing out there. I see it being high scoring because Alabama's uh, defense is not. I'm gonna great. I'm gonna go forty two forty for Ohio State. Nah, I'll drop that down a little. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty seven forty. Forty five forty one Alabama. Um, I see both teams, you know, putting up a lot of points. I just don't. Uh, I don't see their defense being able to stop, you know, each other's offenses. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be exciting to watch though. Well, those were our NFL picks and our college football picks for the last game tonight for the national championship. And now a quick break before the NBA part of this podcast. All right, so we're back. Um, it's actually just me. Chandler had an appointment to get to, but we're going to be going over our. I'm going to be go, going over my NBA predictions um, for the games tonight. Uh, we're doing our NBA guess the lines. Chandler will do it by himself, and I'm doing it by myself. Then we'll upload it later and link that all together, along with our uh, the NFL playoff part of the podcast we just did. So yeah. So the first game we have tonight is the Bucks at the Magic. I have the Bucks winning by around 10 points. Um, I'll explain how uh, the whole thing works again if y'all don't, if uh, y'all didn't like hear last podcast or whatever. So basically, NBA Guest Lines little is going to be a little bit different than like a true Guest Alliance, um, like how we did in NFL. So basically, like let's say I say Bucks win by 10, and Chandler will say like Bucks win by 14, and the Bucks end up winning by eight. Well, I would get that point, um, because I was closest. So, uh, yeah, actually. We had our first uh, round of guest lines last week on Tuesday. Chandler's leading the series 1-0 now because uh, he won um, 3-1 out of those five games. So he he guessed three of those games right, I guess one right, and then we tied on one of them. So, yeah, he's leading the series 1-0. But the first game I wanted to talk about was Bucks at Magic. I've got Bucks favored by 10. Uh, I just see this Bucks team winning tonight. I mean, both teams are 6-4. and four. The Magic, you know, they've probably ex- exceeded expectations so far. The Bucks, on the other hand, maybe that you would expect them to be somewhere around uh, eight and two, uh, nine and one possibly, but six and four uh, is still is still solid. I still see them being a top three team um, in the East, the top three seed team, uh, seeded team. So yeah, uh, I, I see them winning tonight. They've uh, averaged 122 points per game. Um, their average score margin has been 10.6. They've had their average fast break points a game has been 17.6. Points in paint a game has been 45. Assists a game has been 26.3. Total rebounds has been 55.5. Um, their effective field goal percentage has been 50, 58.4%, and their offensive offensive rebound percentage has been 24.1%. Per, so this this uh, Milwaukee team is beaten. Orlando in every major, in almost every major offensive uh, category, uh, as far as statistics goes. I mean, Orlando uh, offensively, they've averaged 106.8 points per game. Their average score uh, 
uh, margin has been negative 2.4. So they're not, so they're not even in the positive. Then you got their fast break points. A game has been 9.2 The points in the paint. A game has been 44.8. Their assists a game has been 20.7 total rebounds. A game has been 53.3. Their effective field goal percentage has been 48.9%. So just under 50% from the field, the offensive rebound percentage has been 23.5%. So as you can see, Milwaukee leads, uh, Orlando in every major offensive, uh, category um and then as far as defensive statistics goes they're about even even split i mean opponents points per game orlando is a little bit better than milwaukee at 109.2 compared to 111.4 their opponents effective field goal percentage milwaukee is a little bit better than orlando at 52.5 compared to 54.7 their opponents points in paint per game is uh, milwaukee wins that category at 41.8 uh, compared to 49.4. Then you have offensive rebounds again. Uh, Orlando wins that at 11.5 uh, compared to 10.6. Um, then defensive rounds, defensive rebounds per game. Milwaukee leads that at uh, 37.2 to Orlando's 35.6. Blocks per game, 4.5 uh, for Milwaukee compared to Orlando's 2.9. Steals per game. Milwaukee wins at 8.8 compared to Orlando 7.9. And then personal fouls per game, uh, Orlando wins that at 17.6 compared to 19.7. So, yeah, as far as defensively go, defensive, defensive statistics goes, uh, it's pretty much, you know, split right down the middle. Just offensively, you know, Milwaukee's a better team offensively, and they're a better team uh, defensively as well. Statistics may not show that, or it may show that they're uh, around the same. But overall, I mean, you got uh, – you know, Giannis, who's a uh, defensive player of the year, can uh, you know, in the past, and he's won defensive player of the year. This guy's, you know, arguably the best defensive player in the league. So when you have that center stone on your team, uh, it's going to be hard for any other teams to be better than you defensively. And they also have Drew Holiday as well, who is uh, known for having an for having elite defense, elite defense. And then and that's one of the reasons why Milwaukee, you know, signed him and picked him up in the offseason is to bring that defensive presence. So yeah. Uh, I would take Milwaukee in this game um, over uh, the Magic, and I've got them favored by 10. So, yeah, moving on, we got the Knicks at the Hornets. So I've got the Knicks favored by six in this game. You know, the Knicks, they've been balling, man. I mean, they've been playing really well lately. Uh, they've got a winning record. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a winning record. Uh, I can double-check that. Um, you know, and they're playing against Charlotte, who's Charlotte is 5-5. Five and five. Uh, LaMelo Ball, as we know, he just had 21. He's the youngest player to have to drop a triple-double in in NBA history with like 23 points, 11 11 rebounds, and 12 assists, or the other way around. But this Knicks team, man, R.J. Barrett and and, and, uh, Julius Randle have been balling. I mean, this team, they've got young stars. they got Austin Rivers. they got Mitchell Robinson. But that duo, I really like that duo with Barrett and Randle. I mean, Randle's averaging like 23 points. Um, he's averaging, you know, a little bit better than around. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure he's averaging like a little bit better than um, seven assists per game. Uh, I can double check that. Yeah, he's he's averaging like seven point four assists and eleven point four rebounds per game, and he's shooting like fifty nine point nine percent, fifty point nine percent from the field. So that's been outstanding. R.J. Barrett, on the other hand, he's averaging eighteen point three points per game, seven point six rebounds per game, three point seven assists per game on. 40% from the field. And this was – I made my uh, surprise five-team list, and both of those guys were in it. And I, I made this list last Tuesday. 
I think some of those uh, stats have been updated. Like Julius Randle's averaging 23 instead of 22 now, but most but most of it's the same. Um, yeah, so both of these guys, I'm I'm excited for the Knicks. I'm happy for the Knicks. There's, there's uh, I'd love to see them make the playoffs. It's it's really a great story so far of of how well this young core has been playing together. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do for the rest of the season and if they can sustain this because uh, Julius Randle's playing like an all-star caliber player and R.J. Barrett's been that nice uh, – that nice sidekick, and he, he's really evolved his game. Austin Rivers, he gives you points off the he he gives you points um off the bench, or uh you know, and uh and uh, he he had like fourteen straight the other night, so he's playing really well. Um, then you have you have a bunch of different guys like Mitchell Robinson. He's a solid rim protector. He's young, so you just got this young core. I'm really excited about. I see them off the bench so yeah i'm um i'm excited about this Knicks team so yeah i got them favored by six here uh moving on to the next game um we got the suns at the wizards i've got the suns minus nine uh you know this young duo with uh booker and ayton has have been been playing really well this suns team as a whole have have been playing really well they're seven and three you got the leadership of chris paul um i really like this team um I like this team in the West. I think they'll make the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll just, you know, end up beating this Wizards team who've been really bad defensively. I mean, they're 2-8. and eight. You know, there's been a lot of question marks about whether Bradley Beal and uh, Russell Westbrook will work well together or not. Um, and uh, so far, you know, Bradley Beal's put up great numbers. They just haven't been – they just haven't resulted in wins because their team defense is just so bad. Um, so, yeah, that's got to improve. Russell Westbrook's got to be more efficient on the offensive end. Um, and, uh, so yeah, this team has a lot of improvement to do. So yeah, I got Suns minus nine here, uh, moving on to the next game, Sixers at the Hawks, the Sixers. I mean, they've been balling out. They're like, I think they have like, they're like tied for, they have like the best, uh, record in the East right now. Seth Curry been a great addition to the Sixers team. He's really opened up the floor, um, for, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, as far as driving goes, cause they have to worry about, uh, Seth Curry from, uh, deep, you know, Embiid, he's been playing great, MVP-level stuff, you know, 24-12 uh, and 12 type of player right now. He's been balling out. Um, and Seth Curry, he's been a guy who's been around like, you know, put up like 17 points on uh, any given night or average around that, to be honest. He's he's probably their second-best scoring option, and um, he's an underrated scorer at that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Sixers team will should take care of the Hawks. You know, the Hawks, they got a nice uh, young core as well. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Trey Young, those guys – I mean, they started off pretty hot. Trey Young had like 37, 36 points in in their uh, game opener, and then uh, so and then their second game. So yeah, back to back games, he averaged around like 36 and a half points, and then you know he's kind of cooled off. There's you know maybe some tension in the locker room. In the locker room between like John Collins and Trey Young on whether or not. Uh, John Collins felt like he deserved to have a little bit more of the offensive production more so than Trey Young or take a little bit away from Trey Young because he thought he didn't think Trey Young should be the main focal point of all the offense. But I'm here to tell you, I mean, they did their, they were at their best whenever Trey Young um or the I mean, they play the best whenever Trey Young is taking the most shots on the team and you doing everything for this offense because he's their best shot creator. He's their best scorer. He's their best playmaker. I mean, he he's the heart and soul of this team. John Collins, he's solid too. But on, on the offensive end, Trey Young needs the ball in his hands most of the time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game, I've got the uh, Pelicans at Mavs. i got the Mavs favored by seven here. Um, I just think this team's a little bit better overall team than the Pelicans. I see them winning this game. 
at home. I also have Luca on my fantasy team. So uh, I hope he goes off on the Pelican side. One thing I really want to see is I want to see Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson in pick and roll every time down the court. I mean, Lonzo, yeah, he's good and all, but I feel like this Ingram and Williamson, I mean, that would just be deadly. I mean, who's going to stop that? I mean, Ingram's 6'10", you know, he gets freed up uh, with a pick by a 285-pound uh, Zion Williamson of all muscle, and then Williamson can jump out the roof. I mean, that that's just, like, unguardable. At worst, you're, I mean, Ingram can uh, draw a foul. I mean, he's so skilled, you know. he. I mean, uh, he's, he's already a great scorer, and then Williamson, you know, I mean, that, that'll just be his bread and butter. All he's got to do is jump high and get the rebound if, uh, you know, maybe Ingram misses and he should be wide open off that roll um, for dunks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I really want to see that happen. Um, but I got math by seven here. Uh, next game, Raptors at Blazers. I got Blazers by eight. You know, Dame's had Dame had 39 against the T-Wolves and he had se- uh, 17 against the Kings. Uh, CJ had uh, 37 against the Kings. Uh Last game, we're five and four on a two-game win streak. I'm excited about this team. I mean, about my, about the Blazers. I mean, they've been balling out. That duo, CJ and Dane. I mean, I might be some bias here, but I think they're top five in scoring um, out of any team um, or offensively, and uh, maybe top three. Uh, there, I mean, there's something special on the offensive end. And then Robert Covington and uh, uh, has been really great for us defensively. And then Nurkic has played better defensively. Ennis Cantor has been great offensively. Now, one thing I will say is that the Raptors may try to exploit uh, Ennis Cantor on the defensive end in high ball screens because he is awful, dude. Uh, you can see a lot of that with their small guard play with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet just taking uh, – just taking um, advantage of Ennis Cantor in the pick and roll. Uh, I can see that definitely happening because he's he got annihilated uh, against the Warriors in, with just their long wings with uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins and uh, Pascal and uh, and um, Eric Pascal and uh, Kelly Oubre. I mean, they just attacked Ennis Cantor. So I could see something that I could see that definitely happening with. Um, you know, Van Vliet and Siakam in a, a pick and roll, Lowry and Siakam in a pick and roll against Ennis Cantor when he's out there. But Nurkic, I feel like he'll get more uh, more of the playing time in this game uh, because be- for that reason, because he's a he's a better defender than uh, Ennis Cantor. So uh, yeah, but I got the Blazers by eight in this game. Moving on to the next game, Pacers at Kings. I like the Pacers by nine here. Demontis Sabonis, you know, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon. This this team, they're solid, solid core, solid team in the East. I'm, I'm impressed with this Kings team, too. You know, they just got blown out by the Blazers last game, but they showed a lot of promise at this beginning of the season. Uh, Darren Fox, is a uh, he'll turn into that franchise player for the Kings. You know, Marvin Bagley, I think he could turn into something, you know, really good. But we saw his dad tweeted out on Twitter, trade my son. So who knows what's going on in the locker room. Maybe Bagley wants out, and that may not be a good locker room atmosphere uh, as far as right now. Um, so maybe – so that's – I mean – so, uh, so yeah, I, I like the Pacers, though. I, they're just a better overall team, um, you know, but the Kings could still definitely win this game. I mean, it's, the season so far has been so unpredictable, but uh, we'll see what uh, happens with those games. So, uh, yeah, that's the last game of today. Enjoy the national championship game tonight. Enjoy these NBA games um, as well. And uh, make sure you listen to Chandler's uh, part of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, so uh, peace. Welcome back to the Whoop and Shoot podcast. It's now Choop, and I'm going to be doing my NBA picks. Um, so we'll total it up in the next episode to so we can get our record for our guest lines. And it's not exactly guest lines. It's more – I know Peyton probably already explained his part, 
but it's more just guessing what the team will win by in the end. And if we're right about the team and who what they win by, um, it's like whoever's closest with their number. And if we guess the opposing sides, then it's just whoever wins the game. Um, so for the first game, we've got the Bucks at the Magic. Um, the Bucks have looked pretty good recently. Um, right now they are six and four. The Magic are also six and four. Marco Fultz sadly towards ACL though the other day. And this Bucks team, not exactly the best start, but I see them gelling at the right time. They have a bunch of good players: Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton. They can make some things work, and they're definitely a threat in the East. So my prediction is the Bucks win by eight here. This Magic team isn't bad, but I see the Bucks winning in a kind of close game. Um, so for the next game, we have the Grizzlies at the Cavaliers. The Grizzlies are three and six, while the Cavs are five and five. The Cavs went out to a hot start. I think they were like five and zero or four and zero. They've now gotten to five and five, like I said. But this Cavs team has looked kind of good, you know. Andre Drummond, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton's extremely underrated. I think he's a really good player. And this Grizzlies team, they lost John Morant. I think it was a week ago, which is a big loss for them. And I mean, he's literally their number one guy, so that really sucks for them. But I think the Cavs win here. I'm gonna go Cavs by five. Um, I think you see it be a, being a close game, but I got the Cavs winning here in the end. Uh, next game, we got the Suns at the Wizards. This Wizards team, man, they've got some stars. I mean, you know their duo, Bradley Beal and uh, Russell Westbrook, but it's been kind of tough for them to play together. They're 2-8 and eight right now. This Suns team, though, they've had a great start, number one team in the West right now, I still believe. Um, they are 7-3 and three with that duo of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and that guy DeAndre Ayton is starting to look like a real legit player. They've got some good key pieces, too. they got Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, my boy from Philly. Used to love that guy. And I like this Suns team. They're going to be someone interesting to watch in the Western playoffs. Um, the Wizards were someone I picked being a top five in the – well, not top five, like top six in the East. I'm just hoping they make the playoffs at this point. Hopefully they'll be able to turn it around. But Suns on the road here. I got Suns winning by hmm, – I'm going to say Suns winning by five again. I'm going to say five, yeah. So Suns by five. Next game, got the Knicks at the Hornets. This Hornets team has been playing well. LaMelo Ball, youngest player to ever score a triple-double. Who I think he, Whose record did he break? I think Lonzo broke that same record, and then he broke it again. Someone else, I think, broke it, but so impressive for LaMelo, man. I like what he's been doing over there in Charlotte. Gordon Hayward's been looking pretty good. Hey, and this Knicks team, don't sleep on this Knicks team. I think, what's their record? The Knicks are 5-5, five and five and the Hornets as well are 5-5. Five and five. Julius Randle has looked really, really good. So has Austin Rivers. That little combo. And Mitchell Robinson, he was already looking good last year as their center big man. But really happy to see Julius and Austin kind of start to turn around. And they've got a young guy to have faith in with R.J. Barrett. Still got Kevin Knox. This Knicks team is not too bad. They could actually have a chance of making this East playoffs, which is how the East is looking. The Hornets, I don't know. I I, I got to see what Gordon Hayward can do as a number one option because that's kind of what he is right now. Him and Devontae Graham. Uh this game's interesting. The Knicks have been playing oddly well. I'm going to pick the Knicks outright. Uh, I don't really know what spread. I'll, I guess I'll say Knicks by one. Oh, yeah, Knicks by one. I see it being a really close game coming down to the wire, but I'm going to pick them. Next game, we have the Sixers at the Hawks. This game is not even a real game. I believe the Sixers, I think Joel Embiid's playing, but I don't, Ben Simmons is not playing. I don't think a bunch of guys are still on our roster yet. I, I need to fully check that. Um, let me see. I'm gonna look at the Sixers active roster right now because that changes who I pick. Uh, 
Let me see here. Who all's not playing? So Saturday, yeah, they're playing against the Nuggets. I don't know how how many people are back, but I don't really like the spot for the Sixers anyways. I'm a big Sixers guy. I mean, we're seven and three. I think we're still the best team in the East, maybe. And the Hawks are four and five. But this spot right here for the Sixers coming off of some COVID issues, and mm, I really want to pick us, especially how good Tyrese Maxey looked. He's the guard out of Kentucky. He dropped 39. That's pretty good for a rookie. I like to see that promising look out of him. I'm going to take the Hawks here, though. I'm going to take Hawks minus two. It's tough, but I think that's the right move. Um, Next game, we've got Raptors at the Blazers. The Raptors have looked god-awful. Pascal Siakam looks predictable. They don't really have a second guy or any other guy. Kyle Lowry hasn't done much. This team's just not looking like the old Raptors. They're two and seven. The Blazers are five and four. I see the Blazers winning, kind of going away here. I'm going to go Blazers by six. It could be higher than that, but I, I like this Blazers team in this game. And then for the last game, we have the Pacers at the Kings. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to take the Pacers outright. I really like what Malcolm Brogdon's been doing. Him and Oladipo, they're a good little, little good little squad in Indiana. They can make some things happen in the East, especially because it's so wide open at this point. Sabonis has been great. He's really coming on as being one of the most improved players in the league. I like what he's doing there. And the Kings are 4-6. and six. They're not doing bad. They locked down De'Aaron Fox. Um, Marvin Bagley's got to be better. Um, but this team's not doing bad. I'm going to take the Pacers, though. I'm going to say Pacers by five. Uh, just sort of review my NBA. I've got, what did I say? Was it? Oh, gosh, I forgot. I think it was Bucks by six. I had Cavs by five. I had Suns by five. Knicks by two. Uh, Hawks by one. Oh, no, no, I said Knicks by one. Hawks by one. Got Blazers by, I think I said, yeah, I said six. And then the Pacers, I'm going to take them by three. I'm going to switch that one to three. Yeah, I like that. So those are my NBA picks. Me and Payne are going to be back with another podcast. I think it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday probably. Make sure to be following us on Instagram for more updates on the Whoop and Shoot podcast. There's another giveaway coming, so make sure you check that out. Um, Also, make sure to follow us on TikTok. We've been posting pretty regularly on there. Some good content to see there. Um, and yeah, just be on the lookout for our next podcast. Peace.